Good morning, everyone. Wow, come on. It's lovely to see you guys again. So, uh, we've just been, uh, we had a great, uh, am I allowed to tell the story, Sherian? My lovely wife decided that, uh, she decided to go home and get something while me and Abby were busy here. And a postbox jumped in her way. Okay, a postbox jumped in her way. Just out of nowhere, a postbox jumped in her way. Okay, and uh, I'm just like, what is with these American postboxes that jump in your way? What's going on here? I mean, you know. <laughs> and uh, there's a nice ding in the side of my in the side of our car now, and uh, I call it mine because it hurt me more than I think it hurt her. Um, <laughs> so my Jeep is 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 has got some real. No, it's a real Jeep now. It's got some wounding. It's got some scars from. Yeah, <laughs> it's about this big and this deep. <laughs> it's good character now. Now it's a real deep. Um, the first one hurt y'all. The first cut is the deepest. I don't have the hair for that song. I don't have the hair for that song, but it works. It works, right? So, guys, you know what? I just felt the sense the word, and I was just agreeing with Kiki. I really just sensed the word that God really just wants to bring healing this morning into our hearts and into our minds in a fresh way. There's something He's doing in our hearts and our minds this morning. So why don't you just keep this whole morning, just keep drinking in His presence. And what that means is just keep receiving from Him and just getting into Him, being filled with Him, and allow Him to just do the work that only Holy Spirit can do. And we want to just, uh, just allow Holy Spirit to do these things in us. And, and then um, by the grace and the mercies and the power of His presence through us. There's some things that the enemy has brought against you. But there's some things that the enemy has utilized where he's lied to you. And he's caused these stones in you and these broken areas because we all have them, okay? I'm no different from you. No one here is different from anyone. We all have something. Those areas, the enemy exploits and he uses against you. And so that's what he's doing to a lot of people in today's world. He's exploiting the lies that you've believed from his kingdom and from the world's kingdom rather than the truth of God's kingdom. So allow God this morning to be, just invite Him into any space and place that's maybe been in the darkest little closet there. You perhaps didn't know about it. Perhaps some of it was revealed this morning. Perhaps God's going to reveal it to you over the week. Whatever those little spaces are, invite the light in. And allow God to bring healing into those places because He will as you invite Him in. And so I want to encourage you that, and we're carrying on with the, and before we put that up, I'll tell you when, Sherry, uh, we're carrying on in Philippians, the book of Philippians. Now, to remind you, the book of Philippians is called Poi, <laughs> Paul's, not Poise, Paul's Joy Letter. It's called Paul's Joy Letter. In, in chapter one, which we've dealt with over the last two weeks, we dealt with how we can, we can kind of, we know that Paul was saying it's in Christ. Listen, there's a, he, he begins to talk in chapter 1. I'm not going to do the whole teaching. He begins to talk in chapter 1 about being a massive difference between happiness and joy. He says there's a big difference between happiness and joy. He says happiness is found in people and things. That's chapter 1. 
And he begins to say, listen, if, if that's where you're at, okay, if your happiness is built on happenings, it's going to always shift and change. But because Jesus Christ never changes and never shifts, okay, our joy in him is stable and it grows. It's supernatural joy. That's the series, what I'm doing now. It's supernatural joy. And so in, he begins to shift a couple gears now. And I want you to remember the foundation is always in Christ by power and empowering of Holy Spirit. But I want to just begin to, as we shift gears now, as Paul begins to shift gears, I'll give you the context of it. But I want to remind you something. And this is simply this. It is a supernatural joy. This joy that will last for e- from now unto eternity is supernatural. And only the children of God have access to it. Only the children of God have access to it. Because of Christ being the greatest gift that's been ever given to us and the greatest sacrifice that was ever made. You can't work the joy up. Just because you know it's in Christ, you can't now suddenly try and work it up. It is a supernatural joy that gets grown in you by Holy Spirit. And then we learn to follow and be obedient as we surrender and submit to the Holy Spirit, to Holy Spirit's work in us. Now we move to chapter 2. And I want to begin to talk about this is really Paul talking about relationships. And he begins to say, let me begin to talk to you a little bit of how you can have joy in relationships. His context here is specifically church-focused. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that now. But it relates to any relationship you find yourself in. I'll explain those. As I carry on, you'll see I'll explain that. But the point is, the, the title actually in my Bible is Joy in Serving. The reason I didn't want, and it is up there, joy in serving, you can pop it up now, joy in serving. The reason why I didn't want to start off with saying joy in serving is because as soon as I say joy in serving, the concept that kicks into most people's minds is what do I need to do? You see what I'm saying? What I mean by that is is we immediately kick into how can I, in my own understanding, in my own, uh, 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 through my own perceptions and lenses, How can I, in my own strength, make this joy happen? So when Paul talks about joy in serving, what he's actually speaking about, he's saying we we, we have this ability, and I'm going to talk about it now, to begin to serve each other Christ. We need to learn to serve each other in Christ and serve each other Jesus Christ. That's what the context of this is. How do we know it's relational and not about just works? Works to serve people are great, guys. Social justice is good. Of course, all these things are godly. But in this context, he's talking about serving people in relationship. How do I know? Because the context of where Paul begins to speak about in Philippians 2 is a bit of a disagreement that happened in the Philippi church. Between two women, two ladies, where they're very prominent ladies that have come at, kind of come at disagreement with each other. And it becomes so kind of... Uh, public, that it lands up at the Apostle Paul. And so Paul's like, and, and so they bring it to Paul, they say, what now? <laughs> Basically. Okay? And so, just so you know, that there'll always be disagreements in a ch- where there's church. I want you to just pause for a bit. 
don't go looking for the perfect church. Because church, thank you, but church is full of people. People have issues. Listen, let me use an example. Here's what happens. Two, quickly, two, two quick examples. I grew up in a house where, and I'm using, I'm, this is not a true example of me. I'm just using this as an example, right? This is a general. So I grew up in a house, for example. And in my house, there's a lot of physical abuse. Okay? And... Uh, I, I grow up, but there's this little aspect of my life. There's this little stone in my life that, that, that I've covered that up because it's too, too much hurt for me to, to, to go there. But I, so I cover it up. But it still affects me because it's in me still, right? And so what happens is I begin to grow and as, as I, I get saved. I, I, I start growing and I start really just the fruit of the Spirit begins to grow in me. You, you see, and, I, and all that kind of thing. Um, I'll get to that theology in a, in, in, a, in a little while from now, maybe not today. But anyway, so I'm growing as a Christian, but this, there's an aspect of my life in me that hasn't yet quite been, it hasn't been dislodged, it hasn't been healed up. And so now I join a church leadership team, and that leadership team is, is all about ministry. Okay? Now, there's another person that grows up, and they grow up in a very, very affectionate home, physically affectionate home. People are touching each other there and hugging each other. And so when we get to, as a, as a brand new church or as, as, a, as a ministry, we, we decide, oh, well, let's begin to minister to, each, to all the people. And we decide, yeah, what does the model look like in a sense? And so the two people, the one says, no, 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 if you want to pray, you don't have to touch anyone. Because whenever they get touched, it brings up this little thing. They don't even know it, but the enemy has used it. So whenever someone touches them, this hurt suddenly gets them, and they're not sure why it irritates them. They're not sure why this touching of them. So they say, no, ministry shouldn't, you shouldn't touch any people. You know, we don't need to, don't need to lay a hand on hard. You just, this is laying on of hands. You just kind of point it out to someone. I'm laying them on spiritually. This is the Wi-Fi of the Lord. Okay, it's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. But then you get the other person. They're like, no, we need to have ministry where people are being held for hours. In fact, you know, lick their earlobes. Kiss their cheeks, you know, rub the back of their, you know, rub their backs. You know, it's not inappropriate because I grew up with a very affectionate family. So now these two people go, whoa, we're now in stark contrast with each other. We're not happy. Can you see how our cultures, how we grow up in, can put these stones in us? And so these are some of the things that are peripherals. I said it last week, I'll say it again. Don't major on the minors. Okay? These are peripheral things. The things that's really important is, is Jesus the Son of God? Did He die on the cross? Are we saved by grace through faith? These are the main things. Allow the peripherals to just kind of... Don't, 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 don't take those things too seriously. Okay? So how do we deal with it? Well, Paul begins to talk to us in Philippians 2 how we deal with this disunity. Because who knows that when there's unity in a relationship, the whole atmosphere in that relationship, as led by Christ, in Christ, will always produce joy. A relationship that's founded in the power of Christ, which is Holy Spirit, will always produce joy as we surrender to his workings. And I'll begin to show you how Paul talks about how this looks. And so he begins to address this from a, from a great point of view. And I, I want to read what I actually wrote here. 
in this context of disunity that has been happening in this church, he reveals that as we serve others with the love of Christ in humility, it supernaturally changes relationships. It causes unity and creates an atmosphere, environment, and culture that is full of the love and the kingdom of God. When Holy Spirit rules and reigns in a space, you will always see the fruit and the gifts. Love will be there. Joy will be there. Peace will be there. Patience will be there. Goodness will be there. Self-control will be there. And then we go to 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul again begins to offload what love looks like. Love is patient. Love is kind. And he carries on. So you can go look that up if you want. But this is very important. To, and remember, it's called the fruit of the Spirit because it grows in us. We don't suddenly get saved and suddenly all our habits and all our things are gone. This is why we need to learn that there's a difference between our spirit being immediately in Christ, all renewed, and our flesh man has to still catch up through sanctification to our spirit, our true identity. And so we need to allow this process to have grace on each other and have grace with yourself as you grow in to Christ-likeness because of the supernatural work of His presence in you. So let's look at how Paul begins to load this. And he starts with encouragement. He starts with encouraging us. And he starts saying this, Let me show you what has been given to you in Christ. So let's look at this quickly. The first point. I'm going to, for the sake of chapter 2, uh, uh, this is my opinion on it. And you, can, you, can, you don't have to listen to me on this part. Okay, but here's the point. Verses, Philippians 2 verses 1 to 4, right, is really for me the kind of introductory summary of chapter 2. It really begins, it, it kind of summarizes everything, and as chapter 2 goes further, it begins to uh, uh, um, uh, flesh out more and more of what Paul's talking about. We're going to be going through Philippians 2 over the next while. But I just want to show you the richness that, that we have in Christ that Paul begins to expound to us by just looking at verse 1 this morning. Philippians 2, verse 1. Let's read it. I think it's up there. Therefore, okay, the first thing, let me help you here. We're going to do this course sometime at the Kingdom Leaders School. I want to encourage you to come. It's going to help you to understand these things better and better. So when it says, therefore, the question you've got to ask is what? What's it there for? It's there for this. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any compassion, and then verse 2, which I won't deal with this morning fully, because verse 1 kind of really gives, is already talking about verse 2, and then next, next time uh, we'll dig a bit deep into that. Maybe I'll get there this morning. I'm not sure. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one um, uh, of one mind. So let's just briefly look. Let me begin. There's four things I want to highlight out of verse 1. Is that okay? Here are the four things. I think that's next. Encouragement in Christ. Comfort from His love. Sharing in the spirit or fellowship in the spirit. 
tenderness and compassion or affection and compassion, depending on some of the translations. Those are the four things that I'm going to be dealing with that Paul, you'll see the richness of Christ's love that we can have in our relationships and how they will transform our relationships if we allow Holy Spirit as we submit and surrender to this in our relationships. So let's look. Are you still with me? Is that good? Okay. Let's look at this. Oh, just quickly, I wrote this down so I don't forget. The word if there, therefore, if you have, that word if is for me, if you go read some other translations, has a better translation. And that word if there actually means since then. So if you read it in that context, it's therefore, since then, you have encouragement from being united in Christ. That's actually a better translation for me. Okay? And I want you to know that the reason why I want you to know, little words like that matter. And we need to sometimes go read three different translations to get a bit of a broader view. Okay? At least three. Okay, so let's quickly jump into this. The word encouragement here is the Greek word paraklesis. No, go back. The beak word, the, the beak. The Greek word paraklesis, meaning to come to support or aid. Okay, now how do we know that it is Holy Spirit that Paul's talking about here? Because the word paraklesis is referring to the word paraclete, meaning Holy Spirit coming alongside, coming to our aid, helping us. Therefore, what Paul is saying in this, he's saying, if there's any, okay, sorry, since there is help, support that will come to your aid in Christ. And how does it come to us in Christ on this earth? Holy Spirit. He's the paraclete. Paraclesos in some ways, if you want to use it in different. Okay? And so there we see that. And so it's so important because we need to now understand. Hang on a second. Pause for a second. You have the Creator's Spirit living in you that will come to your aid and support. What you need to know is that Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that created everything. That Spirit is in you and is your aid and comes to your support. Therefore, you have a full, complete, without any lack of resources to deal with relationships. That's what Paul's saying. Because of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? It's now starting to, you're like, whoa. Let's look, and I love this, let's look at the seven things the seven major, let me use the word rather that way. The seven major things that Holy Spirit comes to help us with according to Scripture. And it is so broad, it covers so much. I could sit for months doing teachings on these seven things, but I want to mention them to you. So if we can just pop that up, I'll see it's like off the screen there. One, and I've given you the Scripture references so you can go home and go look at this. I'm not going to deal with them in depth now. The first one is, there are seven major things. The first one is, Holy Spirit leads us into truth. The word is important to understand, leads us. What does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit leading? Those who are led by the Holy Spirit are who? The sons of God, the children of God. So we need to understand the first one of the major things, and this is how we become more like Christ. Because remember, this is a supernatural work. You can't conjure that up in you. It's a supernatural work. You see, Holy Spirit leads. The first major thing that He does is Holy Spirit leads into truth. 
You see, Holy Spirit can expose the lies in you and in this what's going on so that you can begin to look at it from a different lens. Not the lens that, we are, that my culture has brought me up to look at it immediately in. Did you get that? You see, my culture has taught me some bad habits, some good ones, but some bad ones. I translate, interpret through those lenses. Unless we are led by the Spirit, we begin to translate and interpret things through my lens, which oftentimes is not helpful. But when the Holy Spirit talks to us, He leads us into the truth. I always say this, there's your truth, there's my truth, and then there's the proper truth. Okay? Isn't that true? And we hear this from psychologists all the time. I mean, I didn't study, I'm not a psychologist, but I did study psychology one and two. And so I know that some of the latest thinking is this, right? Oh, just speak your truth. It's not bad to speak your truth, absolutely. But remember, you're just speaking your truth. It's not the truth. So be led by the Spirit. That's the first thing the Holy Spirit does. Number two, bring God's very words unto remembrance. Holy Spirit brings God's very words unto remembrance. John 14, 26. You see, who renews our thinking? Holy Spirit, because of Jesus. Allow Him to do that. Invite Him, more importantly, to bring to remembrance the words Jesus said in the Bible, if you go read it, you can go get it. I don't have the scripture reference. I just know it. Jesus said, when he spoke to his disciples, he said, remember my teachings. That's what he said. How can they remember those teachings? And you can hardly remember what I said last week, if you're honest. It's because Holy Spirit, when I speak, because the gifting of Holy Spirit is on me, when I begin to release the gifting as I trust in Holy Spirit, he sows a seed in your heart and mind. And he'll bring the seed to remembrance in your heart and mind when you need it. Isn't that good? And so it's nothing to do with me. It's all to do with Holy Spirit. So let's look at the next one. He helps us understand Scripture and how to apply it. Let me tell you something. Where does the gift of knowledge and wisdom come from? And through who to us? Absolutely. The gift, let me quickly help you here. The gift of knowledge is knowing something you never knew before. The gift of knowledge from Holy Spirit is knowing something you never knew before. The gift of wisdom is how to apply the knowledge that you were given. That's the two gifts that you're given through Holy Spirit. So therefore, when he says this, he says um, he helps you to understand revelation, knowledge, and how to apply it, wisdom. You see, we think wisdom are those people that have been very street smart and know a lot of things about the world. No, no, that's worldly wisdom, and that's good, but it's only worldly. The things of the kingdom can only be imparted, imputed, uh, given to you by Holy Spirit. Can you see how important intimacy becomes for us? Okay, I'm going to move on quickly. Next part. Holy Spirit brings confirmation that we are God's children. In other words, He begins to solidify, to strengthen your identity. He begins to say, hear my, my son or my daughter. Firstly, He begins to speak to you and say, you're approved of. You are just like you are, you're approved of. Warts and all. Problems and issues and all, you're approved. But He doesn't just leave you there. 
It's not the role of Holy Spirit. He says, now I come to confirm that you're a child. When I act out of his strength, not my abilities, out of his strength, which is the top three that I'm talking about, when I begin to live that way, he affirms that you're making decisions as a child because he affirms your identity first and then he affirms your actions in that way. You hear what I'm saying? Okay, next. We'll dig into this a bit deeper as, 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 the, as the year, next year goes on, all that kind of thing. He enriches our prayer life by interceding for us. Uh, this is a deep one. I'm not going to get into all of that. But basically, <laughs> he prays for you. Here's what I love about Holy Spirit. Now, oh, I, you know, I learned this very, God said this to me one day, and then he confirmed it through another teacher. But he said this to me one day. I said to God, I don't know what to pray. He said, well, pray what you can. I was like, what? He says, well, pray what you can. I said, well, that's not going to produce anything. He said, well, guess what I've given you? I said, what? Holy Spirit. I said, okay. He says, I'll take your prayer. Holy Spirit will pray it for you in a better way, and he'll bring it into alignment to the will of God. Isn't that amazing? And so my prayers get pushed into alignment as I have intimacy and allow God to reign and rule through me. He begins to take the words that I don't understand, and he brings them into alignment. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? You see, sometimes I pray really, I'll, I'll never forget, I prayed for healing the one time, and I, I got around someone, and I was like, I shut up about them. <sighs> Impressive Lord of greatness, salvation, empathy, and sympathy. Come down in your healing power. I didn't do this, but I'm, I'm exaggerating. Come down in your power and touch this person so that they are fully transformed and healed back into the kingdom image that you began in them. Nothing happened. I was very disappointed. I went home and said to the Lord, I, I, I'm, and I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit here so you can get the point. I went home and I said to the Lord, Hey, I said the great things. Why did it not happen? And he said, Well, it's because it's not about you. And I said, but Lord, the poor person's not healed. He says, hey, that's my child. I know how to heal them. Trust me. Now I want you to go and just pray what comes. I said, okay. And I went there. And all the, the, the next time I prayed for somebody, the only thing I heard was this. Lord, heal them. And I went, Lord, heal them. And they got healed. And I still get that one wrong. So this is amazing God that as we begin to, the deeper I get with, uh, and I've I, I got so, so, such a long way to go because the more I get to know God, I say this to Abby sometimes, the more I get to know God, the more I realize I know nothing. That's how rich and beautiful he is. Um, but I'm much better now than what I used to be. So let's, let's jump in. Next one. He empowers us to do the will of God. Now here's the great thing about Holy Spirit. You need if you want to walk in miracle signs or wonders, and more importantly, if you want to walk, and I say this very clearly, more importantly, if you want to walk in intimacy with the Lord, realize that it is God who empowers you. If God calls you to something, I am 100% sure of this, He'll provide. But when we decide to call ourselves into things, we've got to somehow try to convince God to provide. It is Holy Spirit who empowers you and us to do 
the works of the kingdom. It is Holy Spirit that empowers us to love people the way Christ, in humility, served us. I've tried to love people in my own strength. I'm irritated in a week. Now I get irritated in a month. I'm a bit better in my own strength. Right? I'm a little bit better. I'm a bit older. I don't care about certain things. That's what I love about age. You know? Some of the stupid things that worried me when I was 20 don't bother me anymore. The older I get, I'm like, why do I worry about that rubbish? (laughs) Uh, Sorry for you guys that are in your 20s. Okay? Anyway. Be loved, be cared for. Okay, um, so it is God who empowers us to do the things in our relationships that we can't do. When somebody grates up against me, iron sharpening iron in a sense, I don't naturally want to, oh, you know? I, I, in me sometimes, I make smile, but in me sometimes with some people, I'm like, it's hard, right? But when, here's what's so crazy, I've really, and, and this is genuine now, I've had struggles with people and I've, and I've learned a little bit of self-control because the Holy Spirit helps me. Really, really, I heard the Holy Spirit and I say, what do I do about this person? They really, really are hurting me and irritating me. And Holy Spirit comes and He just floods me. And did you know, every time He does that, I immediately can look with compassion on that person. It's amazing. I, that's not my natural inclination. Okay, let's move on. The next thing is, He places in us spiritual gifts to carry out that which we are empowered to do. The gifts that are given to you, like I said earlier, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, uh, healing and all that prophecy, all that kind of thing. He places that within you, right, to accomplish what He empowers you to do. So in relationships, He can, uh, he can place the gift of love in you, of the fruit of the Spirit in you, okay, so that you can extend that. Where otherwise you don't want to. Let me just give you a bit of grace here. Remember, this is fruit that grows. It is not, it is not something that you're natural at. Two, if you're not good at it right now, if this is all new to you, right? Or you've, you've, you thought you were good at it until you really hit your weak spot. Does that happen to you? Because I sometimes, you know, I, suddenly I remember we went on a missions trip and uh, we went in there and, uh, you know, I was, uh, I, I did, everything just went whew, like all the plans got thrown away because speakers broke and people couldn't deliver. And, and I was just sitting there and there was like 150 people in a room suddenly. And I was like, oh, it wasn't supposed to go down like this. What do I do now? And God said, don't worry, I'll help you. And I got up and I didn't have a word to say. I wasn't prepared for that because that's not what we we're going to do. We were going to do worship, but everything fell apart. And God said, okay, now you're going to preach. And I'm like, what? Because of this, yeah, you see, it's nice to hear that on paper. I'd be ready in season and out. But when you have to be ready in season and out, you're not. <laughs> okay. And so I'm in this place. I love that because you're so right. But I'm, re- I'm in this place, and I get out there, and I'm like, and as I do this, suddenly the prophetic words start flowing. Because God wants to teach me the prophetic at that point. Okay? So now I'm prophesying, I'm giving words, and people are just being hit by the presence of God, right? And I'm going, okay. Now I started thinking I was fancy. You know? I'm like, yeah. And the Lord says to you. 
you know, and I'm strutting my stuff. And I'm suddenly getting, uh, after that meeting, everyone's like, whoa, uh, person's uh, ears, ears got opened and people got saved. And I was like, whoa, look at me. I'm fancy. On the inside and the outside. <laughs> okay. So now I'm walking around, I'm all straight. And guess what, guess what happens? I got knocked off my horse a little bit. Not because God's trying to knock me off my horse. I did it. It was the consequence of my own pride. And so now I'm sitting there, and I'm humbled by this brokenness in me that I didn't know was there. And God said, my boy, you did so well that night. I want you to know you did so well. But the enemy tricked you into believing the lie that you're special in a way that you're not called to be special. Because we are special, but we're not called to be special in pride, in the pride of self. And so anyway, and then God said, but let me see, see, there's this hook he tried to use. The enemy used it and tried to ex- expose the weakness. But by the way, I want you to know I can heal that. And he healed me of that too. Okay. It took a while to get healing from that because it, it, it discombobulated me a bit. It, it got me to the point where I was really shaken. I was like, oh, my word, did I do everything wrong? Was the word I gave wrong? And You know how it goes. You know, because I'm thinking more about me. And so anyway... And anyway, I, I, this, I moved into that, and God healed me. And that's the great thing, you know. God gives you gifts, and He'll release gifts, and then He releases healing. And then there's, but the key to all of this stuff is very simply this. We need to know that it's Holy Spirit who does the work in and through us. You got it. Did you all get those scriptures? Okay. Now, here's the next thing I want to say. There are seven major ways scripture talks about it. Here's the great thing that we know it is complete help from Holy Spirit. But not only is it complete help from the Holy Spirit, it's the completeness. Why? What does the number seven represent? Complete wholeness. Shabbat. Shabbat. So we know that when Scripture reveals in that number even, if you want, if you want to really get into like the real triptych stuff, we know that it's actually referring and saying, Holy Spirit's full help is yours. And by the way, if His full help is yours, it's full. It's complete. You don't need anything else. Isn't that great? Can you see how rich Paul is speaking here? Wow. The next verse, the next section is comfort of love. You know, the love of God always blows me away because I know how much I shouldn't be loved. I'll end this soon. I'll end on this one and we'll carry on next week. I know how much I shouldn't be loved. Okay? And it's a weird thing because God tells me, you're really important, Sheldon. You, sh- you deserve my love because I made you. But the key is to realize it's because of God that I am deserving of it. It always goes back to Him. Now, it's weird because I struggle with that concept often. I'm like, well, how do I? How? And God's like, no, you're missing it. Just receive the love. It's yours because of me. I'm like, oh. Now, I'm so prideful. It's like, no, 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 you don't need to be prideful. Can you see the dilemma we struggle with? But when Holy Spirit begins to bring revelations about that to you, it becomes clear. And you realize that there's this weird paradox sometimes that we live in. That no matter what I do, I'm fully loved. When I sin, when I don't sin, any of those things, I'm still fully loved. Right? And on this hand, when I realize that, It's not so that more of me can increase. 
It's so that the grace of God and the love of God can increase in me and through me. Is that helping you? It's not so that I can be prideful now because oh, look at me, I'm so special. I'm amazing. God has to love me. No, when I understand how much God has loved me as a sinner in my sinfulness, then I begin to sit on this side going, wow, I'm fully approved of because of His love. And that's an amazing thing that transforms your thinking because now not only are you secure in your identity and humbled, but you're also confident because you're releasing the confidence of His confidence in you that can be released. Okay, the word comfort here is the word paramuthian. It should be up there. The word comfort here is the word paramuthian, meaning to comfort, console, or exhort. Who does that sound like? Holy Spirit, the parakletos or the, parak- uh, the paraclete. What's beautiful about this is God's love can comfort us even when we are disappointed in relationships. You see, that's why I continuously say to God, help me to understand the love because this world is fractured, this world is sinful, this world is controlled by the enemy as it is given control to the enemy. But uh, this world has got a lot of broken, cracked messes, right? I mean, come on, let's be honest. You've lived in the world a bit long, long enough to know that. But the great news is, is that this whole idea of comforting, consoling, and exhorting, when my relationship with somebody breaks down, when my relationship with someone breaks down, God comes and comforts me. He can come and bring comfort to me around that more than anyone. That's why I always run to God first and I say, what is your perspective? What is your thoughts? What is, more importantly, your heart in this? It doesn't matter who the perpetrator is. It doesn't matter if they were the perpetrator or I was the perpetrator. Most of the times, it's both. We just don't like to see ourselves as perpetrators. Or, probably more correctly, we oftentimes can't see ourselves as perpetrators because the culture we have has taught us certain things. And we'll always translate or interpret uh, the things that happens between people through my culture and you'll interpret it through your culture and we either both of us are going to think we're right. And if I go tell a pastor about it, I, the pastor's going to think you're right. But when the other person comes and tells me, the pastor thinks they're right because I'm getting two points of view that are really convincing. Are you getting this? And so I always want to go humbly imitating Christ to the Father and say, here's the situation. You speak truth to me. And he comes and comforts you with truth. And he begins to comfort you and say, yes, they did hurt you, yeah. And yes, this is a... You see, when I realize that the God of the world can carry me through the difficulties in relationships, it's much easier for me to approach that difficulty. And more importantly, when I learn, I'm going to get there, when I learn to serve others, Christ, Christ gave his life up for me while I was a sinner. When I learn to have the same attitude as that of Christ, I learn to look at it very differently. Listen to this amazing scripture in Timothy 2, verse 13. 2 Timothy 2, verse 13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot discern himself. What's Jesus saying here? What's, what's God saying to us here through Paul? He's saying this. Remember the love that God had for you. 
Remember how while you were a sinner, Jesus never gave up on you. Remember that he was faithful to you, even when you were faithless to him. And he continues to be faithful to us, even when I'm arguing with him, and I'm shouting at him because things aren't going well, or I'm very disappointed, woe is me. And I'm like, Jesus, why are you not helping me? Do you not love me anymore? This is good stuff, guys. This is what we go through. I'm there. Jesus, do you really not love me? I can't understand why this is going to, you know. Can I give you a, a quick little secret tip here? The Bible says all things work together for two, the good of those who love you. Now, what does Jesus say? Who's the only one good? Jesus said this to the rich young ruler. Who is the only one that's good? God. So when he says God works all things towards your good, he's saying God things works all things. God things works works all things. <laughs> whatever. God works all things towards the best he has for you. Because only he's good. You getting this? You see, you think I expect this to be good. But Jesus says, you're not expecting enough. You can only see in part. But I see the fullness. And he sees that you have the potential to do more than you think you can. And he sees that you have the potential to bless others and to love others more than you think you can. But it will be in his strength as we relate to him and allow him to work in us. And I'm going to end there this morning because I sensed that the Lord was just saying, there's many of us in this room that need relational breakthroughs in some way. There's many of us in this room that are struggling with one or two people that don't know how to relate to them. I didn't know who was going to be in the room this morning. But I do know that there's things that have been, that, 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 you're str- that, that really just have some stuff. I'm struggling. There's some pe- <laughs> I'm sorry. Also, there's some people in the room that are just saying, listen, I'm struggling even to relate to the Lord. There's some things in our hearts that have, the enemy has lied to you about, that he's just put there. And we're going to talk about this next week again. We're going to go further with this. But there's things that the enemy's put there, and he wants to begin to begin that healing process supernaturally in you. And, but it takes us to say, yes, Lord, won't you come? The great thing about love is this. You can't force it. You can just receive it. God loves you. You just need to receive it. And then don't, don't let me not say don't, but try not to expect what you think it should look like, the result. Allow God to interpret and give you the best because you may miss something better than what you think you were going to get. Okay, is that helpful? So the first thing I want to pray for is for people, people that are saying, I am in a relationship and I'm struggling. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know how to work it. I've tried all my stuff. I've even tried what I thought was biblical. Well, I've got encouragement for you. Holy Spirit wants to begin to release the power. He wants to empower you. Remember, we just went through the seven. He wants to begin to empower you and you give you the gifts to push through that you've never been able to push through before. Number one. Number two, your relationship with the Lord. You've just got one or two things that you're struggling with. God just wants you to know that you're loved and he wants to minister into that part of your life this morning. Is that okay? And then we want to also just pray, lastly, we want to also just pray for anyone who just needs healing somewhere. Okay, so we're going to just put some worship music on. Could I invite you to stand? And would you just join me and stand and just begin to just, you know, just, we use the word drinking here, but just drink in the Spirit. Just allow Him to be, flow over you and fill you and just enjoy Him for a while. And then, if any of you 
if you could just listen, if anyone here in the room has a word for someone else, right, just please go and present it to them and go pray for them. Is that okay? Is everyone okay with that? You're okay with that? Okay. So if you've got something, and even if you don't have a word, guys, why don't you go up to somebody who's just really receiving and go bless them? No, please don't do this. Dwayne, I can use you as an example, right? Please don't do this. While they're like really in the presence of God, God's touching them. You go like this. Come, Lord. Oh, Jesus. You know? <laughs> okay, don't get them out of the presence of God. You want them to go deeper with God. So approach them gently and, and just, just kind of approach them gently and keep inviting. If they open their eyes and look at you and say, I'm just, gonna, I'm just blessing you. Is anything I can pray for you for? Is that okay? So just come, guys. Can I, I ask you just to come out a bit? Just come a little bit closer. You don't, you don't have to. If you're not comfortable, please stay where you are. But just come out a bit. I want to just invite those people who said, I really need prayer this morning. I'm not going to embarrass you, but making it specific now. I've told you the three things. If you fit into any three of those categories, why don't you come out? We want to pray for you. Just stand a little bit separate so that we can get around you um, as people. So just come out. Just come out if that's you. Come on out, anyone. Just come out. We want to pray for you. We want to trust Holy Spirit in this space to bring breakthrough that no one else can bring. Is that okay? So come on out. There's still space here, guys. Come on out. Come on out. Just, we're going to pray. I'm going to lead you through this so you don't have to feel uncomfortable or anything. This is a great song. He's saying, God, you're more than enough. You're more than enough. Why don't you begin, guys, those of you who are really just right now just saying, yes, Lord, I'm taking a faith step, believing that you're going to bring breakthrough over the next time. Listen, guys, even if that next time means a year to two years, do not, the word, I really sense the word for you is this, do not quit. Because Holy Spirit is not put on you. And He's eternal. You hear that? So why don't you just begin to focus on God, guys. Just, if you can, hold your hands out, raise your hands, whatever you're comfortable doing, and just focus your attention and your heart and your mind on Christ right now. Just on Holy Spirit. Just say, come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Just your power and your love to come right now. Just rest and fall. Everyone here. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. More than enough. More than enough.